Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everyone. My name is Deanna Baumgartner. I'm the founder and president of Employers Advantage, LLC. We're a small HR firm of 10 people, and we provide HR services to small businesses across the country. I've been talking with you this week about all things HR, and it's been a lot of fun. The topic this week that we've been talking about is what I like to call HR this, not that. HR this, not that means we take a look at some workplace issues, policies, and practices that may be antiquated, or maybe they're done just because that's the way they've always been done. That's the not that part. We then turn those things around into what should be done. That's the HR this part. Today, our HR this, not that topic for Friday is recruiting and onboarding. I don't have to tell you what's happening in the market right now. We all know it is a candidate market for sure. Even prior to that, the HR that not the HR this not that for recruiting and onboarding has been pretty simple. HR this create a candidate and new hire experience, not that which is expect candidates to wow the company. We have to get away from this thinking, and we've actually been forced <laughs> to get away from this thinking, given the fact that it is a candidate market now. So again, kind of going back to the Tuesday topic that we talked about employee engagement and employee experience, it starts in the recruiting process. So HR this, create a candidate and new hire experience, not that, which is expect candidates to wow the company, should be the other way around. Candidates are also trying to determine if that's where they wanna be and that's the role that they can see themselves in. So again, right now, we know it is 100% a candidate market. I am sure I don't have to tell you that. If you're listening to this, if you're in HR, if you're a hiring manager, you're a business owner, you know that. People are leaving companies for new opportunities and or they're leaving to not work at all after having a year of reflection, life changes and the like. Companies are opening back up, having people go back to the workplace, Maybe people still want to stay remote. Regardless of the reason, companies are struggling to find candidates and retain employees. And in a candidate market like this, it really forces companies and particularly small businesses to look inward at what changes need to be made to attract and retain employees. In a small business or even in a large business, keep in mind that if you're having trouble with finding candidates and reta retaining talent, it's probably not the talent pool that is the biggest issue. Sometimes that's hard to recognize and it's hard to accept, uh, but now is absolutely the time to do a company gut check and rethink company policies and practices from recruiting and onboarding to separation and everything in between, including culture and even your pay practices. And we talked about that earlier this week when we talked about on Wednesday workplace policies. You can start this gut check by asking some basic questions. What makes your small business so unique and special? 
why would someone want to work there? And ultimately, just in general, why? Why do we do things this way? Why do we have that policy? Why is it done that way versus this way? If you can't answer the why, or if you're answering the why with, because that's the way we've always done it, there definitely needs to be a change. So given the fact that we're in a candidate market, the first focus of change needs to be the recruiting and the hiring process. That's where the candidate experience starts and it gives them a glimpse into your business. If that process is bad and that experience for the candidate is bad, they'll see that as a sneak peek into what everyday work life will be like if they were hired. And they're gonna tell their friends and they're gonna tell their family and they're gonna tell everybody they know and it does continue to have a reflection back on your organization. So let's go through a few tips about the recruiting and onboarding process First is to plan ahead. Take the time up front to map out the recruiting process so it's easier for the hiring manager, but also can expect expectation, can set expectations with the candidate. Know who is involved in the process, who is responsible for asking which questions, and sketch out a timeline. This cannot be a long, drawn-out timeline. This cannot be a long, drawn-out process. People are moving quickly, and candidates have multiple opportunities being presented to them at once. So companies and hiring managers that are interviewing candidates and they're like, well, we like them, but we want to see what else is out there. You're going to lose that candidate. It's not going to happen. This timeline and this process needs to happen quickly, but plan ahead. Planning ahead also, again, sets the expectation with the candidate so that they know when they can expect to hear back from you and they don't feel lost in the process. That goes back to the communication piece that we were talking about earlier this week also. After you plan ahead, set a budget. If you don't already have a range established for the salary of the position, you have to do that ahead of time so that the salary information can be provided to candidates. It must be in the job posting. A lot of candidates won't even apply for a job that doesn't have the salary listed in the job posting. So there's really no reason not to list it. At minimum, if the salary range isn't in the job posting, share that with the candidates at first point of contact to make sure everyone is on the same page. Don't even get to a pre-screening phone call or any type of phone interview or interview without establishing what the compensation for the role is and making sure that it's a match. You don't want to waste people's time at this point. There are some states that do require that the compensation be listed in the job posting, um, but in general, it's a good practice, even if your state doesn't require it. Next point is, let's not ask for salary history. Post the salary range in the job posting and be upfront about it. Why waste your time and the candidate's time by going through an entire process to find out that the numbers don't match up? Pay for the role should be based on the position, qualifications, and company budget, not what the candidate was making at a previous job or company. It's not equitable, particularly with smaller businesses. And if you get candidates coming from larger companies, there's no way that's equitable. And you would probably dismiss a candidate right off the bat thinking that they're over your comp range, but you don't wanna pass people up uh, based off your own internal assumptions. 
we've had candidates and really good employees that came from larger organizations or making much higher salaries, but they had a change in life. They had a change in lifestyle. They wanted to slow it down a bit. They wanted to get into small businesses and the compensation wasn't a key factor for them. So again, what somebody was making at a previous job is irrelevant to what they would be making at your company in this job. The next point is to keep the job posting simple. A job posting is not a job description. A job posting should highlight the company and the key components of the role, but relate to the candidate in a way that they can see themselves working at that company in that role. What also should be in the job posting is your employee value proposition. So you also need to identify what that is. What do you have to offer employees? It can, but it doesn't necessarily mean traditional benefits or things like that. But it should also be culture, flexibility, opportunities to work on innovative projects, non-traditional benefits, or the company core values. Find things that people can relate to. And then lastly, let's ramp up your marketing. Marketing and HR should be working hand in hand. Customers aren't the only ones looking at your small business website. Social media channel, channels, news stories, those are what candidates are looking at too. They're looking at this information and wanting to see if they can see themselves working for that kind of organization. They're looking at how the company is represented, what their involvement is in the community, and where they might stand on social issues. Are employees supported and recognized? So it's really, really important that your marketing and your HR align, and it's not simply focused on customers. And this should be at any time, not just when you're in a hiring mode. So again, within your recruiting and hiring process, to create an experience for the candidate and an easy process internally that moves things forward quickly, we wanna plan ahead with a timeline set a budget for compensation, don't ask for salary history, keep the job posting simple, identify your employee value proposition, and ramp up that marketing. Thank you so much for joining me today, and hopefully you've enjoyed the topics for the week. I appreciate it and wish you all the best. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.